On this edition of Oski Talk, we preview the quarterback and running back position for Illinois, as well as talk about Illinois and Arizona's basketball game moved to next season. And we hear from Milo Eifler. This won't end well for Illinois. Here's a three. It ended well. McCourt for the win. In the air. It is up. And it is good. Fourth and 16. Pressure comes. And Matt Orbebe with the ball in the air. Makes the catch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Oski Talk. My name is Anthony Pasquale with Patrick Hattizone, and we've got a lot to get into today. Pat, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks uh, for being here as well, Anthony. I'm uh, I'm excited for this episode. We're going to preview some uh, some football, which I always love doing, so this is perfect. Yeah, we'll get into the quarterbacks, the running backs, and more, but let's get right into the front page. First and foremost on the front page here, a little news about the basketball team, actually. Illinois versus Arizona, a highly expected game for this season, has actually been pushed back to next season. I think it's the type of game where, you know, you need fans. You need it to be a college basketball atmosphere. They are being proactive, moving it to next year. I like the decision. Yeah, I'm bummed that Io and Kofi probably won't be playing in that game. Because they deserve to get a little bit of revenge after last year's game. Um, but yeah, you know, it's become a little bit of a rivalry, obviously, after the 2005 um, tournament. Um, it's it's a bummer that we're not going to be playing it, but um, better to be safe than sorry, as always. I know there's a couple teams that they were saying might make up for it, um, one of them being Baylor or Rutgers, um, because they canceled a recent game um, together as well. So we'll see how that kind of turns out. Um, but it, it's just a bummer not to be playing them. You, you kind of expected or, or thought that playing a Pac-12 team might be a little bit safer since they're taking similar precautions as the Big Ten um, and kind of following the Big Ten's leadership. Um, but unfortunately, I, I don't think that Arizona or Illinois thought that they can make this this match happen, and they mutually agreed to um, delay it a year. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. They mutually agreed. I think you hit the nail right on the head that it, it kind of stinks that we're not going to see Io and Kofi most likely play in this game. But nonetheless, that game got moved to 21 2021-2022 season, excuse me, and that's enough basketball talk for us today on this episode. They start up yeah. in about a month and a half, but we've got a lot of football to get into. Mm-hmm. We'll start with our weekly previews of positions as we roll into Illinois' season opener against Wisconsin in just a couple of weeks. We start with the quarterback and running back preview. We'll start with the quarterback position that has arguably our favorite player on this Illini team, Heisman hopeful, Brandon Peters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to speak that into existence at one point. How you know how annoying we get with it, we'll see. But um, Brandon Peters, obviously going to be the number one quarterback this year. Um, it, it Really, when you, it, you think about the quarterback position um, in Illinois this year, obviously Peters is number one. The, the more exciting part of it is going to be um, the bench. Isaiah Williams, obviously coming off his retro freshman year, um, saw a couple of games, wasn't great in them. Um, and then obviously Robinson right behind him as well. Um, saw what two games? I'm trying to think. Yeah, two games I think. Yeah. The Michigan game and then back half of the Nebraska game. I want to say. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I can't remember if that's 100% correct. but um, And a little bit in uh, – what game was it? There was one game, too, that Peters got hurt for, like, a drive, and he came in. I don't remember which game that was either. But, you know, Robinson was okay. I mean, he, he moved the ball. They managed the game. They started that comeback against Michigan. But it was uh, – I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is with these quarterbacks, I think they want it to be Williams' team soon. But right now it's Peter's team. Yeah, obviously it's Peter's teams. And I think Isaiah Williams will probably see the field a lot more this year and helping Brandon Peters out. I do, however, think that he probably will be rushing less. I think when we think of the team last year, he was terrible when he was running the ball. You know, Isaiah would come on the field and, and defenses would know it right away. So I imagine you'll actually see him throw the ball a little bit more this year. Who would have thought the quarterback, the backup quarterback, would be throwing the ball a little bit more? And um, um, receiving as well. Uh, you could put Isaiah Williams in, in different, um, you know, trick plays at different positions. You could you could line him in at the slot wide receiver. Um, you could line him outside and, and try and do a, um, you know, like one of those flick tosses like they did last year where, where they, they send it back to the wide receiver and then uh, um, had a guy driving down the field. You know, those you'll probably see a little bit more of that with Isaiah Williams, um, just a little bit more trickery. Um, but probably not running the ball as much yeah I mean obviously they're going to want to get his legs in motion but they can't be so predictable um it kind of remind me of the way that the Saints use Taysom Hill obviously he's a quarterback but it's like 90 percent of the time when he comes in he's running the ball and that makes it really easy on a defense if you know what's coming and as Rod Smith does a great job at being unpredictable I think he's going to try to keep that going get uh Williams's arm involved a little bit more than his legs this year and, and try to really let him loose. But I just want to get into Peters a little bit. You know, if we're talking all this Heisman stuff, we got to back it up a little bit. And um, obviously the effort's there. You know, you go back to that play in the bowl game, you know, fourth and whatever, 12, 13, diving for the first down when the game was out of hand. That that pretty much solidified to me. He's the guy. This is his team. He's He's putting in all the work, all the effort to succeed. But now he's got some weapons. Yeah, he sure does. And, you know, I think a lot of the season for Brand Peters is going to be how much is he throwing the ball. We know Rod Smith likes to run the ball. He he runs right. the re- run spread um, offense. If he gets more touches and he's able to throw the ball a little bit more um, down the field as well as, you know, keeping his legs moving, I feel like that was a big, big part of the, the his success last year was that he not only could throw the ball, but when he had to run, he was able to run. Not necessarily a running quarterback, Brandon Peters, but mm-hmm. um, you can run an RPO offense with him and, and potentially have him be the, the man who is the R in that RPO. Um, so that's exciting, too. And like you said, he's, he's got a lot of guys around him. I think Rod Smith really has to change the offense, his outlook this year. Um, mm-hmm. He does have to pass it more. We saw that last year. Not enough, I felt like. And, you know... Think of, thinking of the team last year, you had Reggie Corbin. We'll get into the running backs in a second, but you had Reggie Corbin, um, one of the top running backs on um, um, the Big Ten. So obviously Rod Smith wanted to work with him more. Didn't really work out as well, and, and he had to rely a little bit more on Brandon Peters. But this year, Brandon Peters is the man on this offense, so he, he really has to command it. Um, like you said, he has the poise. He's got everything. I just think um, a lot of it's got, he's got the weapons. A lot of it comes down to will Rod Smith throw the ball more? 
Yeah, and I I was going to get into that too. You know, last few years been a a run first team by design, but also personnel wise because they had very strong running backs. Not only Corbin, but Dre Brown was solid last year as well too. But you go into this year, it's not like they're thin at running back. They got a lot of options, but it, it's obvious their strength is going to come from Peters, his connection to Josh Amaterbebe, getting Luke Ford, the tight end who didn't play at all last year, involved as well as some of the other options on the outside. Um, I don't necessarily think they're going to full flip the switch into a pass first, but I think they'll be more balanced, especially initially. And there were games like that last year where, where they did air it out. Um, you know, the Michigan State game comes to mind. That comeback was geared by a pass-first attack, not a run-first attack. Um, saw a few passing touchdowns down the stretch there to complete that comeback. Um so it's definitely going to be interesting to see. I think they're going to have to pass more. And with that, Peters is going to have to play better. But I don't see any reason why he won't. Yeah, I well, I think the the thing about remembering last year and specifically the Michigan State game was they had to they had to throw the ball. Running right. game was being somewhat successful. But at the end of the day, they were down, you know, four touchdowns at one point. They had to start throwing true, the ball down true. the field. So a lot of I felt like a lot of my confidence in Brandon Peters was, you know, the fact that he could he could lead a team back after you know going down for touchdowns, um, and he could play with the pressure and make complete throws with that pressure that he had to make the comeback he had to be the change um, on offense. So it's I'd, it'd be interesting to see him one complete a season. Hopefully he plays all eight games, and I, I expect he will. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of it, throw the ball more in situations where he is told to throw the ball more without pressure. You know, even that Cal game, like, there was exceedingly pressure for him to move the offense a little bit more, and he wasn't amazing in that game, but he, he again, showed a lot of heart in that one. So it's it's almost like, man, I really like Brandon Peters' play. It's just whenever he really has to play, we are not doing well. So I'd like to see that kind of switch where we're doing well and he is being what we think he can be. Yeah, you know, you talk a lot in football um, about game scripts. You know, you're up a lot, you want to run the ball. You're down a lot, you're going to have to pass the ball. But if they can turn into having a game script where they're being successful offensively, they're winning while airing it out, that's what we want to see. Can't, can't, obviously, it's great to know that he can lead a comeback. But can he make the throws in the first quarter on third and eight, you know, when they haven't made those throws before? Can, can he gash a team over the middle of the field in the second quarter, you know, when they're not down by 17, like you said, um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited to see it. It, it should make for some quicker possessions and some less methodical drives. Not that those are a bad thing, but I'm, I'm excited to see him air it out this year. I think they will. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I just want to see him, you know, being successful in games where we're winning, right? It's, it's yeah. always fun to see Brandon Peters come back against Michigan State. But, man, it would be really fun to see him beating Michigan State the whole game, and I yeah. don't have to worry about anything. And yep. maybe, I think we might see that in Wisconsin. I think this Wisconsin game is, is – I'm happy it's the first game of the year. It's a great test to see where we're at. And, look, this offense has got everything. So, Brandon, it's, it's going to be whether or not Brandon Peters is good. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it really will come down to that. I think you can hinge almost the entire season on that, to be honest. But that will do it for our quarterback uh, preview. We're going to get into the running backs here. You talked a little bit about it. Rod Smith has been a traditional run-first offense. Illinois has been in the top 10 in rushing 
um, in the Big Ten over the last two seasons, three seasons that Ron Smith has been the uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, but this year, it'll look different in the backfield. Reggie Corbin has graduated. Dre Brown has graduated. And their third leading rusher from a year ago was Rayvon Bonner. He opted out due to COVID-19 concerns. So the backfield's going to look a lot different. There's obviously one familiar face in Mike Epstein. Battled a lot of injuries, but when he's been on the field, has been um, successful. He's been effective when on the field. And then Chase Brown, Sidney Brown's brother, played a little bit last year. Um, they utilized him more in the special teams once he was eligible, but he's going to be very uh, heavily relied on uh, rushing this year more than he was last year. And then there's you know a combination of other guys that will get involved. Kenyon Sims uh, comes to mind. Uh, Reggie Love, the uh, the first year player for Illinois. So th- it, it's still a deep unit, a lot of depth, but. It'll be interesting to see which guy steps up and takes the ball and and is the workhorse should they need one. Yeah, um, you know the the guy that we really want to see complete a season as well is is Mike Epstein. Um, Mike Epstein obviously throughout his Illini career has been injured, um, and and we've really never gotten a full season of him. So this this would be his chance to to really show us what he's got. Um, other than that, you got Norwood as well. He'll probably be second or third string. I I suspect. Um, Jakari has played a lot in, in that last season, um, more than a lot of people expected. He's, he's a true speed guy. Um, so if you can throw the ball successfully down the field and, and, you know, pack a punch with the, the run game and Norwood, that's great. Chase Brown is an interesting case. We haven't really seen Chase Brown. Um, we know what he's done at Western Michigan. He was pretty successful there. Um, carried for five yards, uh, per rush. So he's probably more of a, Dre Brown type of player where he's gonna he's gonna get a couple a lot of carries um and won't be as quite as flashy but will get yards um so it'll be interesting I don't want to suspect that Epstein's gonna finish the season um I'd be extremely concerned if I were Rod Smith about this running back position just because um if you stake a lot of success on Epstein being healthy this year um you're gonna have some trouble and I hate saying that it's a bummer, but I would be very careful with uh, having high expectations for him. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm with you there. You obviously can't rely on his health, but when he's been healthy, he's averaged almost six yards a carry. And when he's been healthy, um, last year he was Illinois' leading rusher in the first game of the season before he got hurt. I think it was six carries for 44 yards or eight carries for 44 yards. He was pretty successful against Akron there. Um but, you know, like you said, the injuries are such a big issue with him. I think early on they're going to really not try to push his workload, which is why you're really going to have to see the depth come into play. Um, your Jakari Norwoods, your, your Chase Browns probably. It, it'll be interesting. Um, I suspect that they'll kind of deploy the, the running backs in, in the offense the way the 49ers do. There's not one true... Uh, number one, it's just whoever's been getting yards, getting carries, just keeps getting them. Because, um, I mean, the 49ers, it seems like whoever's back there is gaining five, six yards a carry. And obviously, totally different team, totally different level of football. But it's a similar idea to, I think, what Illinois is going to try to do um, from the running back room this year. And frankly, we saw that last year. I mean, you know, Reggie Corbin came in where he, I believe, almost had, did or almost had a thousand yard season. Um, in 2017, right? Or 2018. Right, um, he did. We, 
we go into the 2019 season and the production just wasn't there. You moved to Dre Brown a little bit more and, and they got probably split split carries. And mm-hmm. um, that worked out really well for the line. The run game last year was pretty successful, I felt like. Um, at least with Dre Brown, obviously the expectations for Reggie were a little higher. But um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And you have different kind of runners on this team. And we've had that in the past. Whereas obviously Rayvon Bonner, was great in short, um, you know, red zone, um, short yardage uh, situations. Epstein was great on first down, um, and you know Reggie was also right there um, with him, kind of on that first down running back, um, but could could also pound pound the ball a little bit harder as well. So um, you got that same situation this year. Epstein obviously going to be that one of the first down, for, uh, excuse me, first down kind of guys. Nor with the same, and Chase, you'll probably see come in more on third downs. Yeah, I think Chase Brown will most likely be the pass catching option, at least initially. Um, that's kind of what he did at, at Western Michigan too. He was very, um, uh, you know, third down back type of guy. But you know, it'll definitely be interesting to see the way this running back room is deployed. It'll look a lot different than a year ago. But you know, as a supplement rather than the main attraction of this offense, I like what they've got. Yeah, me too, and and it's great because I will preview the line and the tight ends in the next show, um, or maybe we'll do tight ends, wide receivers, but the line is absolutely great too, so it's a great year to be a running back at Illinois or a quarterback for that matter, so hopefully um, that line will avoid big hits on Peters and, and uh, Epstein as well. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. The line will definitely be uh, these running backs and the quarterbacks, like you said, for that matter's best friend. We move along here on the front page. Another piece of news Edwin Carter, um, a young wide receiver, had some explosive outings with Illinois, suffered an injury at a game me and you both were at, not last year, but the year before, caught a touchdown, but suffered a terrible knee injury, missed all of that season, missed all of last season on, uh, I believe the scout squad is what they called it, um, once he got healthier, and now Edwin Carter's deciding to transfer from Illinois to seek another opportunity. Yeah, I mean, on on paper, he's one of the better Illini wide receivers, right? He he um, only played eleven snaps, and I believe his first reception, that first reception that he also got injured on, was was a touchdown. So, um, <laughs> I wish the best to him. Obviously, um, wide receivers were packed this year. Probably wasn't going to get a lot of playing time, even down the road. Probably wasn't going to get a lot of playing time, um, especially when you add a a you know catch heavy tight end like Luke Ford. So um, it's a bummer it didn't work out, but we, we wish him the best. And um, frankly, just I'm not, su- not surprised with the amount of wide receivers that we have on this team right now. Yeah, I think it's a move that makes sense for Edwin Carter. Um, you know, you miss a full year of that offense, getting chemistry with Brandon Peters, et cetera. Uh, you battle back from that injury. You want to get a chance to show that you, you could still play, and he really wasn't going to have that opportunity with Illinois. Like you said, we wish him the best, and we wish him health in his future endeavors uh, in the sport of football. Um, t- in talking to one of my friends um, at, that's a manager on the uh, football team, he thinks potentially Carter could end up as a coach based on the work he did on the scout team last year. So keep an eye out on that in the future as well. But we're going to shift gears into our next segment, Say What? This week on Say What? We're going to hear from Illinois linebacker Milo Eifler, who's expected to have a big year. Pat, what's he got to say? Yeah, he's talking a little bit about um, the recent situation um, with COVID. He was one of the more outspoken players when 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 the situation came up. So here's what he had to say. 
Um, I would say everything is met, but I mean, as far as um, the player safety, then um, that that will be like the priority, of course. Um, but um, as far as as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I'm I'm all in good terms with what's with, with what's going on. Um, you know, it kind of kind of sucks that if you come in contact or something contact tracing you or be placed on like a 21 day quarantine, I don't really fully understand that. Um, also it's a little turd. Love that there from, uh, from Milo. He honestly, he's one of the guys that I find to be a huge difference maker on this defense. Um, and you know, obviously the whole satisfaction there, I'm glad that he's, because, you know, he was one of the more vocal guys initially about playing and about how they're going to be able to make this work. They're making it work. He seems like he's all in on it, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think in terms of the Big Ten, Big Ten seems to have, have their act together. Illinois, we already know, has their act together as, as one of the leading leading schools when it comes to the spit test and, and testing students on a – in a ginormous, ginormous campus. So I trust, obviously, we've talked about this all week. I trust I trust University of Illinois, and, and it's good to hear that one of the players that was more critical of Illinois, and rightfully so, I would never accuse Milo of, of you know, kind of, you know, trying to stir up something that wasn't there. He had absolutely every right, and I think all these players do, to, you know, be concerned about their health, about playing, whether or not their scholarship's going to be there, and, and I think when you see people like him being a leader on this team and a leader with COVID, really embrace and be happy with what the university and the Big Ten have implemented, uh, you feel good about watching this year. Yeah, I agree. I think it it all comes down to the fact that, like you said, this was one of the guys that was more, um, I don't want to say suspicious, but that's the only word that's coming to my head right now, about the situation, about the safety, about the protocols, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now him being a guy that is appreciative of what the Big Ten has done and believes that it's safe to play makes me think that it is safe to play. And uh, I'm glad to hear all of that from Milo Eifler. And I'm expecting him to really take a step in this defense. He's, uh, with with Jake Hansen becoming the Daley Harding, Milo Eifler's got to become the Jake Hansen. He's got to be very active defensively got to be involved, forcing turnovers. You know he's extremely talented, packs a big punch in those pads. So it'll be fun to watch Eifler play in what looks like a, a safe atmosphere this year. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, I'm excited for these linebackers. It'll probably be – we'll preview it again later. But I've got Milo and uh, Hanson and, and Tolson, so it'll be fun. It'll be a great uh, great crew, and I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad that he's he's feeling good about this season. Yeah, me too. And uh, without further ado, we're going to get into our final segment of the week. It's one of our favorites here at Oski Talk. It's the Illini of the Week segment. And this week, we're going to give it to former Illini softball pitcher and basketball player. She did a little bit of both during her tenure with Illinois, Taylor Ann Edwards, who recently accepted a high school coaching job um, of basketball. Looking forward uh, to seeing what she can do in her career. Yeah, it's super exciting. Glad to see some Illini getting uh, some jobs, and maybe we'll see her back at the uh, collegiate level soon. Congratulations, and good luck to Taylor. That'll do it for this edition of Oski Talk. Thank you all for listening. Pat, always great talking to you, buddy. Absolutely. It's glad to be back in action, and I'm ready for some football just uh, two weeks away.
Yeah, two weeks away, we'll get back and talk to you guys all next week. But for now, thank you all for listening to Oski Talk ILL. I and I.